Wisecracking, everybody. Money Smart Guy, Matt Zipala here. Hey, Lindsay from Dallas, Texas. And today we have episode four of the Millionaire Goals Podcast, a podcast dedicated to help you think like a millionaire, strategize like a millionaire, so therefore one day you will become a first-generation cash flow millionaire. Joining with me on my podcast today here, we got my co-host here, Milton Alvarez. My train was crackalacking, bud. What's up, baby? All right, man. So we got a lot of uh, topics to discuss today uh, concerning renters and home ownership. We got uh, what Warren Buffett says about a measure of success in life. We're going to talk about fatherhood and what child psychologists say of signs on how to have a highly spoiled kid and how to avoid it. Uh, health and fitness wise, I think uh, you uh, have a topic here about making sure that people uh, find the right people to partner with as a regard to their health and fitness. Also, what's going on in Ohio? There's a derailment there and it seems to be happening more often, these train derailments. And uh, we got a bunch of videos here we're going to be reacting to um, in terms of pronouns, uh, a day in the life of a childless woman, and uh, what Christian mom says about raising their children that has questions about their gender. Anyway, let's get right into it. So, Milton, um, let's talk about the, uh, the renters. Let's, uh, let's go to this article here right here. Uh, 15 million renters pay more for housing than they can afford, Okay. People are paying more money for, for housing today than what they're bringing in terms of income. And, and a couple a couple things here says, you know, when, when you're looking at um, people and what they pay. So in other words, a week's pay is going to a month's rent. So in other words, let's go back here. Uh, in other words, people are having to work a whole week at their job just to pay rent. You know, you know it's, it's tax season too, Milton. And a lot of people say that you got to work from basically... Uh, January till about um, March, April, just to pay the income taxes you owe to the government for the entire year. So you're working for the government for the entire year to pay your, for, for four months of the entire year to pay your income taxes. And now, because of rising interest rates and inflation, mm -hmm. people are having to work another week out of their month just to dedicate that towards rent. And one of the simple ways of measuring your housing costs are affordable is to calculate how much your income is left over to cover your bills once your rent is paid. So, you know, my, my wife and I have been uh, fighting through our eight year, by the way, it's, uh, yesterday was our eight year wedding anniversary. So if my wife is out there watching this, happy anniversary again, baby. We had a great time yesterday, but she and I decided to partner together and, and get married eight years ago. We've been together, what, uh, 10? Uh, I'm sorry, 11, 11 years now we've been together, and, uh, but married for eight. And um, we dedicated our lives to saying we want to make sure that housing, cost of living, and the things that we want to provide for our family isn't going to kick our ass. So what, what's your thoughts here on the rising cost of everything? 15 million renters are paying more for housing, more now than any other time in, his, in history. I think for me, uh, barely come, coming out of that uh, spectrum of, of life, what, maybe about three and a half, four years ago, still trying to figure out how to use my money to my advantage. I think asking someone like you a question on then what is the correct way to approach uh, looking for housing, whether it's your, whether you're purchasing a house or a condo or just looking for something to rent, and you know what are some steps you can take to make sure that it'll fit your budget and still get your bang for your buck while being in, in a decent neighborhood and not having to go to the hood to get something you can afford. This is what when I. Uh Left the military. I did eight years in the Marines on active duty, two years in the reserves. And I added up everything that I earned those 10 years of my life, that chunk from 17 to 27, 28 years old. 
I added it up, it's a quarter million bucks. $250,000, Uncle Sam paid me to serve our country. I'm gonna ask myself one question. I look back in the last 10 years of my life, what do I have to show for? Or, more importantly, what do I have to owe for? All I had to show for was a 1997 Nissan Maxima I still had payments on. I had a duffel bag, sea bag of stuff I accumulated in the military. And the only thing that came out of that that was positive was my son. Is in my car, that was my rally factor. And so when people are in a situation where you have to dedicate more of your income to housing and living, and we're, we're gonna say it here on and on, and we're gonna beat this till a lot more people start waking up. You cannot be in a position where 100% of your income is coming from just one source of employment. Now, use your job as a way to gain experience on somebody else's dime. Use your job to build a work ethic Use your job, because if you're trying to jump into entrepreneurship too soon, if you suck as an employee, guess what? You're going to suck as an entrepreneur because the worst boss to work for, would you agree with Milton, is yourself. 1, it's easier to work for somebody else. 1,000%. But working for yourself when you don't have to get up in the morning, where nobody's calling you into a meeting, where nobody's, hey, 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 come back to lunch uh, 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 quickly, your schedule can be very undisciplined. So, um, But at the same time too as well, this is not a position for you to say, you know, I'm just going to throw my hands up and, and, and quit. Mm. So, you know, when, when we're looking at developing a real strategy, you have to come up with a real strategy for it. So um, your strategy was entrepreneurship. Your strategy was detaching away from the norm. Correct. Um, did a lot of your friends say, hey, man, what are you doing, Milton? What are you, why are you leaving your job? You have, a, you have a salary. You have a good boss. You're there at the UFC gym. Dr. Uh, right, so-and-so's... Very good to you, which he was, by the great doctor that he used to gym. Why leave that cushy spot to do something entrepreneurial? Well, first, as, as you said, uh, when I decided to take that leap forward, it wasn't just my friends, it was my entire family who was- they put your final push back. Who was, <laughs> pull, who, who was pulling me back, say, hey man, you need, you need to watch what you're doing at a job, you know, whether you work at a gym or an office or as a law enforcement, which you know, a couple of years ago, that was what I was involved in. Uh, there you have security, you have a pension, you have a 401k, you have a secured, you have a, you have a secured job. And that's something that I've been preached to my entire life. But then here comes the pandemic, uh, mid 2020, we get furloughed. And at that point, now you start freaking out because all your bills are dependent on this one nine to five job. And if your clients aren't showing up, you're not making any money. So that's when, you know, you and I started connecting a little bit more on, on, on a uh, more of a personal level. And we had a conversation of, do we sink or swim? What are you going to do now in this situation? You have the skill for it. Yep. So utilize that skill. And I decided to take that, that leap forward to now, what, with what I have now in my business, it's created multiple avenues where I can create um, and monetize from different things, not just one ship that I've been utilizing these last couple of years, but now it's starting to expand in other avenues versus if I would have stayed at a job making $40,000, $45,000 a year, I would have been stuck at that at that pay. And now with inflation and everything going up, I've actually, I would be struggling to even get by paying my rent, buying groceries and just existing in this world. The way I look at it, you got two choices. Either increase and think bigger, or decide to say, you know what, I'm gonna settle and just put myself in a, a box. Uh, Jordan, let's go back to this uh, article here. He said, Sethi said, people should aim to spend no more than 28% of their gross income, 20% of gross income in their rent costs. Mm. If you have no debt, you can stretch the number a little bit, but who today doesn't have debt? Student loan debt, credit card debt, car loan debt, personal loan debt. Person. However, he cautioned, above that, you're exposing yourself to serious risk in the event you lose your job or experience a setback. So, 
again, back to this point, if 100% of your income is coming from just one source of employment and they lay you off, and by the way, even though this administration is not calling that we're in a recession right now, but people say boots on the ground and we see hundreds and hundreds of people in our offices every week throughout all of our offices across the country. All of them have a different conversation about what they see in the news versus what they actually are experiencing in real life. Mm. And I'm just curious for you that's out there, are you experiencing, are you experiencing the, the tightness of cost of living? Are you experiencing, for example, I live behind right there in Harlem and Pershing, at the Jewel? Yeah. Uh, in, in Chicago? Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my mom said, hey, here's back in the day, she goes, here's five bucks. Go get a couple gallons of milk and some eggs and bring me back my change. change. Right? And I did back in the 80s and the 90s. Today, you tell your kid to go to the store, get a couple gallons of milk and some eggs. <laughs> it's at least $20, $30, man. 20, 20 bucks. So, so anyway, you've got to put yourself in a situation where you're controlling your income. And for 2023, our hope and prayer and encouragement to you as you're watching this podcast is to make sure you're very conscious about how you're making your money because you're looking at two guys here with no college degrees. All found ways to make six figures, seven figures, found ways to work for ourselves because we didn't buy into the ideology of go to school, get good grades, get a decent job, and you'll be secure for the rest of your life. That's a great launch point. I had multiple jobs at one point to get my business started, but it was, it was a temporary situation, but, it, but I, had a, I had a permanent problem, which is I was living paycheck to paycheck. Until I created permanent solutions for that permanent problem, I'd be in a deep sense of financial stress day in, day out. So let's transition to what Warren Buffett says. Here's what's your greatest measure of success. Uh, let's, let's go to this article here, Jordan. Um, Warren Buffett says, this is your greatest measure of success in life. And if you don't have it, your life is a disaster. So um, what, 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 is he, what is he talking about here? When you, uh, the only, only measure of success, he says, are the people you want to have love you actually do love you. <laughs> now this guy's a billionaire, okay? This yeah. guy's a billionaire. So how do you, in your life, Milton, how do you define success? That's the way Warren Buffett, and by the way, if you guys don't know who Warren Buffett is, the Oracle of Omaha, probably one of the greatest investors in the history of the United States of America. Um, I think he's the sixth wealthiest man, uh, fifth or sixth uh, wealthiest man, according to mm -hmm. Forbes magazine, in the United States of America. Uh, he's got a fund called Berkshire Hathaway. Matter of fact, we're right next to one of his uh, uh, businesses right here, which is Nebraska Furniture. Mm. You see how massive this thing is yeah. right next to Grandscape? Warren Buffett owns that. So what, what would be your key to success? If you're in your life, you're going to look back. You're 80, you're 90, you say, hey, man, I'm successful because. Mm. Well, Woo, it's a deep question, huh? Yeah, to that, yeah, I need some whiskey for this one. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's two different paths for me on, on this, um, and I'll keep it short. Uh, the first thing is I, I want people to feel something when they have some form of interaction with me. The way you make people feel in their lifetime and the way you help them perceive life into a better standpoint, I think that, make, that leaves a greater impact versus what someone has done for you versus you know just minimal materialistic things. If you're able to leave a massive impact on them on, on an emotional and spiritual level, I think that can actually make a bigger impact on someone to change their psychology and the way they approach life, which also links up to the second thing for me is, and I know this may be over-spiritualized for a lot of people, Matt, but to me is introducing, no introducing people to God. You know, not, not, not the ideology of religion, but that there is a God out there that exists 
It's more than just you out there, man. It's more than just you. And the fact that you, when you come to the conclusion that there is something out there, you tend to grasp onto the idea that there's a greater reason behind your existence and there's a greater purpose behind your life. And you tend to look past the, the materialistic things when you, and when you are able to see the materialism, including the money, now you utilize that money to catapult your vision, catapult the, 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 the vision that God placed inside of you so you can do something bigger to leave massive impact in this world. Um, and another thing that I measure success in is how many, and I think those all three are very linked up together. Yep. How many lives were changed in a positive manner just from encountering my presence, encountering my friendship, encountering just my, my social network? What kind of, what did I do to glorify God? That's my, yeah. big, my biggest prayer, Matt. You know, the thing is yeah. too, what, what you and I have at 20, 30, and 40 years old, yeah. and 50, we, we for, some, for most people, think about this. Even in your 20s, how many people that you went to high school with are no longer around? Yep. Whether they left, they're no longer in your life for some reason, you're not connected on social media, sadly they died, they're in prison. Okay, what about 30? Yeah. You know, I realized in, in, in my 20s and 30s, you know, the invitations I got a lot of, I got invited to a lot of birthday parties and weddings. Mm. When I got into my 40s, and now I'm my, my, about to enter my 50s, you know, I'm getting invited to more of now? Funerals. Exactly. Yeah. More funerals. Yeah. And so think about when you're in 70 and 80. You know, I got my parents right now, I put them in a senior living, uh, senior living community, not a retirement home, a senior living community. Where every day there's an activity for my parents. Thank God somebody taught me the rules of the money game, and I got them a long-term care policy in 2001, 2002 with living benefits. Because instead of paying $6,000, $7,000 a month out of our retirement account or out of our savings, we have the insurance company doing it uh, for us. And so uh, my, my parents are the only multicultural couple outside of the other one in that entire senior living community. And, and all of them right now, they're, they're all getting closer to God. All right now, very spiritual. They got Bible studies, they got things going on. But they got time. They're not stressed. Yeah. You know, and so in your, in your 70s and 80s, think about if you're, if you're getting a lot of people that you're not seeing in your life that you grew up with any longer, the better question to ask is this. If you do want to make a difference, are you actually actively looking to make new friendships in your life? And when we moved down here to Dallas from Chicago, what do we have to do? Network. We, yeah. we got a network. We got to make new friends, business contacts, new friendships. And so, I mean, it's cool to see you out of your comfort zone because you're a natural introvert. You're on this podcast. You're expressing yourself. You, you share some very personal things last podcast. But you're growing. Yeah. You know, to see, to see you do this. And so, let's go over this, these five things that Warren Buffett shows as a principle of success. Number one, be selfless and don't expect anything in return. When we choose to be... And we choose to love someone unconditionally by encouraging and believing them. Love comes back in full force through respect. So, for example, I was just getting this coffee, right? Mm. I saw a bunch of kids there. They're, they're white, uh, white shirts, black tie, short sleeves. What are they? Okay. They're, they're Mormon. Mormon. They're LDS. Right. They're young. They're, they're, they're on their mission. They have a two-year mission, and their mission has to be, happens to be Dallas. I said, hey, guys are, you guys, are you guys Mormon? I'm like, yeah, we are. Are you guys LDS? Yeah. Are you guys on your mission, your two-year mission? Just, we are. Well, God, you know, God bless you guys, man. Can I get you something to eat? Nice. They're like, oh, sure, because you know, you're hungry. So I asked them about where they come from, how, how they made their money, because they got to fund and finance their own two-year mission trip. Mm. And so anyway, make a long story short, I didn't tell them about the business. I didn't tell them about the podcast. I didn't tell them about nothing. I just said, man, listen, man, keep doing God's work. I expected nothing mm. in return. One of my greatest things to do sometimes when I go to, like, for example, I went to Men's Warehouse. I was missing a tie. I went to Men's Warehouse. I saw a single mom with her son. He was arguing with her because he wanted a certain pair of shoes. And he's like, Mom, I really want these ones. And not really arguing, but kind of like disappointed. Mm. He can't get the shoes he wanted. Sure. I told the guy, here's my card. Here's my card. 
when they slide it through. So I'm going to walk out. When they come through, I want you to pay for it on my card. And I just want to see the look on their face when everything that they thought they didn't have enough money for, somebody blessed me. I said, all I want you to say is God loves you. Keep, you know, keep pushing through. Just God loves you. And then they left. He was hugging his mom. Like, they're looking up at the sky like this. I walk back into the store. The, the men's warehouse manager says, nobody's ever done that over here, man. Keep doing what you're doing. That's what money and impact does. Number two, be empathetic. Uh, a study of more than 15,000 leaders across 20 industries, researchers found that the ability to listen and respond with empathy was the most critical driver of our team's overall performance. Uh, number three, make work enjoyable and fun. If you're going to work hard, at least work hard for yourself mm. in an industry that you love. Milton, if it had not been for fitness, what else would you be doing? Because you were, you were a cop, weren't you? <laughs> I, I was, uh, we're going to have to uh, bust out a picture of you in a policeman's uniform. <laughs> I, was, I was involved uh, a couple years ago. Yes, correct. If I wasn't police officer, uh, I mean, if I, if I wasn't in, in, in the fitness world, man, I honestly, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Because I... My past has uh, many trades that I've, that I've been involved in, but this is the one that I've I've seen the most fruit from. And I can't go any deeper into imagine, that. Imagine going back. Can't go back, can you? Can't go okay, back. give up your fitness business. And by the way, being a cop today, God bless you guys, man. Our boys in blue. Yeah. Hardest job right now, I believe, in America is being a police officer. Yeah. Talk about underappreciated, underpaid, overwhelmed, and you can't have a bad day. Moving moving down to Texas, within the first couple of weeks, I met some uh, police officers that live in the uh, in the Carrollton, Texas area, mm-hmm. in, uh, Frisco area. I was doing some jujitsu with them, and we were just networking amongst each other, and uh, we were just talking about their comp plan. The, the way police officers are treated down here in the South, especially in Texas, and the way they're compensated, man, it's definitely a lot more beautiful than a lot of the people in the Midwest up north. They're, when they retire, they retire with a, a nice chunk of change in, in their in their pockets compared to the way a lot of these uh, CPD officers retire with having to pull double shifts, having to work six, seven days a week in order to make that kind of money. So, yes, police officers do uh, get the short end of the stick in certain areas, but I'm seeing some hope down here in Texas. <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing some hope. So, so a lot of people looking to come here to Texas. Number four, treat others they want to be treated. Self-explanatory. And number five, follow your passion. This, this one I have a little bit of uh, a pushback with in terms of follow your passion, because mm-hmm. why? Sometimes when you follow your passion, it's not profitable. Mm. You don't make any money with it. I've seen so many people follow their passion 10 years later, they're still broke. 15 years later, they're still broke. 20 years later, they're still broke. And by the way, it's just not one or two examples. I'm talking about hundreds. I've, had, I've got the rare experience now being 49 years old this, this day and age of people in their 20s when I was growing up with, I was coming up with, people say, I'm going to follow my passion. I'm going to follow what I, what I love to do. Today, they're still broke. Follow your passion, but in the meantime, don't have rent kick your ass. In the meantime, don't have the, the, the school system indoctrinate your kids into an ideology that you don't agree with because you have no other financial resources to send your kid to private school. Mm. So, <clears throat> yes, follow your passion. Understand that is going to be something you're going to be working towards, but that's not something you engross yourself with, especially if you're not making any money in it. So if you've got a hobby and it's not profitable, it's just a hobby. So that's where I have a pushback with this, with this rule because I don't know if he was following his passion. Warren Buffett. You know, I've been looking to find out what Warren Buffett wanted to do when he was in high school. I still can't find that uh, that, that, those details, but I don't think money was his option. He, he needed to provide. Uh, he needed to take care of his family. Um, sp- speaking of taking care of your family, an economic indicator by former legendary federal chairman Alan Greenspan has got a weird economic indicator of how things are going south. Here's what it is. Let's take a look at this. 
His economic indicator is men buying underwear. <laughs> it's, you know, like, you're, you're, like you're dating a woman, right? You have certain uh-huh. signs. She's for me, not for me. Uh-huh. Well, he's got an economic sign of what's good, what's going bad, what's going great. And guess what? More men today, according to this, are buying underwear. They're buying underwear. They're buying underwear. And things could be looking up. Why? Because when times are tough, guess what men don't buy? Underwear and Come socks. On. Come on, fellas. When's the last time you actually buy yourself some new drawers? <laughs> you got to think about it. <laughs> right? Shit. So, hey, I guess uh, underwear, let's look at this thing uh, here again, uh, Jordan. Underwear confidence is rising. Using Greenspan's theory, January data suggested an economic indicator has turned around last month. The previous two months' findings, November, December, showed negative intermonth growth in the price of men's underpants. Hey, guys, what an in- economic indicator. What are your economic indicators? If you're paying attention to what's going on in the economy, you're paying attention to what's going on in your, your personal economy, your, your financial household, what's your indicator of whether or not things are going well or going bad? Uh, put it in the comment section below. Uh, father, let's, go, let's, let's transition to uh, this article here. It says about raising kids because the next generation, if we want to make a difference, right, Wilton? If we want to go out and make a difference, it's through our children. 1,000%. It's through people we love and care about, our family. And so how, how do you know that you're raising a spoken? Let's, let's, let's take a look at this uh, article here. Five signs. You're raising a highly spoiled kid, and our parents can undo it. Okay, let's, let's unpack these signs. Okay, number one, saying no. I see. Oh, I'm sorry. Here we go. Take, uh, uh, are you raising a highly spoiled kid? Uh, taking, uh, not taking no for an answer. A kid expects to get things their way and actually does. In fact, they're the ones constantly telling you no. Whew. Discipline, you know? When, uh, if I told my parents no. I told my mom no once. <laughs> <laughs> once. <laughs> I learned my lesson pretty fast, man. No, I, oh. I think, I think uh, the big reason today that a lot of kids have pushback or lack of respect for authority because they lack of respect for their parents. And so even I, I've, got, I've got a three-year-old. Tomorrow's going to be four. He loves to say no. Mine, no. I got to be firm with him. Said share, right? Listen, pay attention. When I call your name, you pay attention. I got to keep reminding this kid. Uh, and by the way, I have four of my kids, all different. I have a 28-year-old son, twins that are 21, JoJo's 12, and now three turning four years old. All different personalities. JoJo, when I tell him something, one time, nothing. There's no pushback, nothing. Listens, honors. Uh, Jordan, sure, he's a, to- he's a toddler. Right. Uh, number two, being more into receiving than giving. That's why I'm not a big fan of Christmas in terms of just giving gifts for the sake of giving, giving gifts. Mm. Right? It's a season for giving, sure. But sometimes people validate themselves by the abundance of gifts they give to their kids. Like I got to give my kids everything. For example, I got to give my kids everything that I didn't have. Okay? Ever hear that? You ever hear yeah, that statement? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay? But if you want them to live a life differently than you, do you really want to rob them of not, for example, the grit, the grind, mm. the appreciation for the small things? Yeah. Are you sure you don't want your kids to go through the tough times as much as you, as a parent, are going through tough times? Think about that. You're, you're about to be a dad one day. Long, maybe a long time from now, maybe a short time from now. I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on giving your kids everything you had? Uh, because you know how hard you grew up with. Yeah. Because okay. I got my opinion on this. No, yeah, definitely. I, I, I want my kids to understand. Here's the thing. I, I want my kids to be able to know that they have a, a father figure in, in in the household and know that they're going to have someone that's going to lead them towards the right direction. Someone that 
It's going to be in their corner for every single stage of their life. You know, first decade, the second decade, third, fourth decade of their lives. All right, your first breakup. All right, your first girlfriend. All right, she dumped you. All right, your first kid, your first job, your first interview. I, w- I want them to know that no matter what happens, that's going to be in their corner. But when it comes down to the petty stuff, like the gift giving, and when it comes down to, you know, just little tantrums that kids nowadays throw, even when you're a, pre- you know, a preteen or a young, a young adult still living at home, I want them to understand that life is not going to come easy. Everything that I'm going to do is going to be built around a system that I know is going to work based off of fathers that I'm already affiliated with, like, mm-hmm. for example, yourself and other people that I've seen worked on their kids or on a psychological basis. What's going to work that's going to help them, you know, um, uh, absorb the information that they need to know, like, all right, life is not going to be easy. I'm being prepared for life and life is happening for me and not to me. And just because it's the no right now, it doesn't mean that it's, not gonna, it's gonna be a no forever. Yep. Yeah, for example, you know, my, my, my kids uh, were raised in good neighborhoods and went to schools I never went to school with, so that's what I wanted to provide them. But I, ha- I wanted this one word forever to be ingrained in their brain, which is the word earn, not entitled, earn. You know, even for the 16th birthday, they, 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 uh, they had their friends all get brand new cars. Parents were giving them BMWs. Parents were giving them this, this, and that. I said, listen, kids, if your currency with me is reading and grades, you may not get that that car. And by the way, they honored it. They, they honored the, the fact that they need to do certain things. Um, I'm not a big fan of, of, of overwhelming the kids with gifts uh, for, for the holidays, for the sake of just giving gifts. Um, here's why. Who put all the time and effort into giving that kid a gift? The kid receiving the gift or the parent working for it? Parent working for it, right? 1,000%. And, and then why do you get upset when the kids have the gift that you gave them it's laying around the house, and you're like, pick it up, put your toys away. Why, why do you care? It's their toy. Because you put the time and effort into it. You wrapped it with love. You put it on the Christmas tree. You, you, you went out of your way to buy this gift, to be thoughtful enough to buy them this gift, and they don't appreciate it. You know why? Because they didn't earn it. And so majority of things that you get for free in life, you don't value. You're not going to value it. And so it's earned. Earned all the way. Why? Because when you get what it is that you want, well, guess what? You value it. You want to appreciate it a lot the, more. The, the, the taste of earning something, the taste of reaching a goal because you fought for it, you worked hard for it, is invaluable and it adds and builds your character. Uh, the third thing, demanding things ASAP. They don't consider that other people may be inconvenienced by their request. Mm. Expect you to set your priorities aside and cater to them. Boom. Nothing else matters but what I want. Woo! That's a, that's a small freaking brat. Right? Number four, only think about themselves. They feel entitled and expect special favors and another kid class gets an MVP sticker, they get upset and say, I deserve it more. How many, how many times, Milton, have you seen somebody get a job and they want a promotion and next, you know, somebody comes in, they kick their tail at that job and they get the promotion. Remove all politics aside. Forget the fact that they, the person that hired them may be re- related to them. Mm-hmm. The person that hired them may have went to the same college as them. Put all politics aside. Somebody comes in after you they hustle, they do the job, they get promoted for you. How does, some per, how does a person feel? By the way, I like, I like being the person who comes in out of nowhere and kicks everybody's ass. That's what you did, right? That's, that's, that's exactly that's, what you did. I made, my, I made a living doing that, man. Yeah. Just proving people wrong. I don't care how long you've been here. I'm going to find a way to control my destiny and get promoted, earn the job, earn the spot, get paid more than you have even though you've been here longer than I have. Big reason? Because mom and dad gave me nothing. I mean, we had a 13-inch black and white TV growing up, and I was the remote control. <laughs> Having to get up and change it yourself every time. And I was the antenna. It was a whole thing. Having to sit there while the family watches the show the entire time. <laughs> antenna. And so I, I think a lot of that, when I, when I watch these kids 
uh, play sports in, in the youth of, of, of leagues. And hearing some of these parents talk at schools, soft, man, soft. You know, what, what, do, you, what do you think about these participation trophies? You lose, but you still get a trophy. Full of crap, man. They, they started doing that while I was in high school. Oh, my gosh. It was one of the worst ideas you could possibly do to a kid. And you know what? This list that you're listing out, man, I, I see a lot of narcissism coming out of this when they're adults, especially in relationships. Demanding things on uh, things ASAP, on demand, only thinking about yourself and not and not others. Receiving but not not being able to give and not being gra- grateful for what you received, and not knowing how to take a no. That sounds very nar- becoming a very narcissistic man or woman when you grow up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And by the way, I do believe in a in a season of selfishness. Mm-hmm. It was kind of odd for for me to even say this, for you to even hear it. But I think unless you take care of yourself first, you got to get yourself squared away. You know, I was, I, was, I was telling my kids, I said, no, uh, they're like, uh, how do you know you're ready for a relationship? I said, do you know what being single is? And they're like, yeah, being 100%. I said, exactly. 100% you're single. You're whole. You're one. Mm-hmm. Okay? Why? Because if God is a God of multiplication, right? What, 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 so what does scripture say? One can set flight to, to, to 1,000, but two can set flight to 10,000. So in other words, God is a God of multiplication, exponential multiplication. That's my framing of, of being in a relationship. So therefore, you can multiply, not just have sex, not just live together, save Correct. money on, on finances. But you, when you're looking for somebody to be in a relationship with, it's to multiply you, your, your dream, your purpose. And so I told the kids, if you, if you, if you multiply yourself one, your whole, your 100% times one. So one times one is one. But if you're not whole, you're not 100%, let's say you're 0.5. Let's say you're 50%. Guess what you're naturally going to attract? You're going to attract 100%ers or you're going to attract other 50%ers? Mm-hmm. You're going to attract other 50%ers. So 50% times 50% is 25%. So in other words, you together is actually worse from a numerical and mathematical standpoint. So you got to build yourself up, be selfish for a minute, get yourself squared away in your values and your principles, some of the things that uh, you, you believe in, and then you're going to attract that type of person. I mean, listen. The moment uh, Sheena and I, I mean, we talked about it last podcast, uh, Sheena and I, we don't argue about money. We've never argued about money. Like, we don't have money because we've been broke. We've been many times not uh, uh, in a right financial position. But we've never argued about money. Why? Because you say, hey, babe, we want to build a family. We want, to, we want to raise some great kids. We want our kids to have an impact in, in, in this world, an impact in society. We want to create great citizens. And so it's never been about, you know, her going out with the girls or me going out with the boys. It's, it's never been that way. It's, how can we... Uh, serve each other, which leads me to my next point. Let's talk about partnerships uh, in, in a health and fitness uh, uh, conversation here. So um, there's, there's an article here about um, uh, uh, friends. Uh, let's see. Let's, let's open this up. Uh, let's take a look at this article. Uh, friends could be the key to finding fitness motivation. What, what's your thoughts on this? Because what, what exploded during the pandemic? What companies exploded during the pandemic? A mirror, yeah, right. Uh, they had a mirror on the wall, and there's a trainer in the mirror. Peloton. Peloton. One of the big ones, right? And now, yeah. where's that stock? Where's both of them? Yeah, they've crashed. You know why? Because people, people, they found out that people don't want to be at home working at a home gym. Right. They want to be the gym. They want to be the gym. In community. They want to be in community. One thousand percent. They want. They want to show off their new fit. Right. Especially if you're single. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
lot of seeing women and men out there trying to show off a new fit every every single time they go to the gym for sure. So, what's your thoughts on this about finding the right friends to have motivation and inspiration? I think it's great. I, I think it's true. I think that's for any aspect of life, Matthew. Uh, when when you have the right circle in your life, whether you're trying to get if you try to become financial financially better in every aspect of your life, you surround yourself with people who are financially doing really, really well. If you want to learn a specific trade, or you want to learn something specifically, you surround yourself with people who are already in that trade and are doing really well for themselves. And when it comes down to fitness, same thing. People who are, whether they're trainers, whether they're in shape, whatever aspect of the fitness realm that they're involved in, if you just get close with those kind of people and you see the routines that they have on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, even on the weekends, there's a lot of people out there who are genuinely dedicated to nothing but their fitness that when it comes down to the weekend and having a great time, Friday, Saturday night, everyone's starting to get, you know, going out to the clubs by 9, 10 p.m. Everyone's pre-gaming, eating out, and then they go to the club, they have a good time, 2, 3 a.m., it come, comes out, now they're going to McDonald's, binging on food because they're drunk. But now these people, 9, 10 p.m., 9, like 8, 9 p.m. Uh, on a Saturday, they're going to bed early because the next day they have a 5, 6 a.m. workout. And if you're around those people consistently, you're going to pick up those kind of habits. Yeah. And for example, we go to gym, our days, what, Mondays, Wednesdays, Wednesday, Fridays, Wednesday, Fridays, or Wednesday, Thursday, depending on my travel schedule, right? Correct. Don't we generally see some of the same general people at the gym? Yeah. Right? They're there. Yeah. Constantly. And even though we may not be like, yo, what up, what up? But we like, yo, visually, oh, they're here. It's like- There's an acknowledgement that they're there. Yeah. What's yeah. up? Yes. We, like, how many times we fist bump people with, but we don't know their name? At all. It's right? just community. It's community. Community. They're, they're there. They're, they're getting their work on. Uh, listen, if you want to go anywhere in life- you got to be surrounded by the right people, doing the right things, on the right platform, even though it may not be the right time for you, but it's the right time for you because it's go time. Because being disciplined is not convenience. The only time success and convenience hang out is in the dictionary. That's it. They're not friends. They're not buddies. But man, you're going to love the results. So therefore, the right things can start happening in your life. That relates to not fitness. That's why I love... For example, this uh, Sunday, uh, we're at uh, Mayweather Boxing this Sunday. I know you're out in uh, Chicago, but we're doing a five of a, a, a four. We, we did a five homes of money presentation about a uh, workshop about where to put your money, da, 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 da. And then after that, we throw on the gloves. We did some mitt work, some glove work, man. My hands are still uh, sore. My, my, my favorite workouts with you is when you have me do weights, and then I right, put on the gloves. I'm like, bro, I can. You have me do shoulder, uh, shoulder uh, exercise. Okay, bro, let's, let's throw in the gloves. Brock and Brown. <laughs> <laughs> that was a right? good time. Right, yeah. and uh, and then when people start asking, "Hey, you guys, are you guys training for a fight?" It's like, "Oh, bro, it's just like the intensity of our workout, man. Yeah. This is, I'm just having a, I'm having a blast doing it, and, and just the fitness of the core of boxing, just going this, this, and that, and and and, and in my mind, I think I'm going fast until I watch the video. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> we build up to it, Matthew. We build up to it. <laughs> slow, slow. In my mind, I'm think I'm hitting hard, <laughs> and then I watch the video. I freaking hard punch it all. <laughs> Those guys uh, that do it for real, man, they make it look so easy. Uh, but by, by, what's your favorite workout? I, I love combination. That's how I get my cardio. I don't like going for a three, four, five mile run. I got shit to do. I got, I got emails to check and text messages to send back and Instagrams to post, right? But you put me in a 45 minute workout with you, a combination of weights, a combination of cardio, that's my favorite. It's intense in terms of getting things in. Then I'm energized for the rest of the day. I got a lot of energy, uh, bounce back. I sleep so well at night. And, and by the way, before we move on to the next topic about this Ohio derailment, uh, you've been getting me on sleep for the longest time because I'll, I'll get maybe about you know four or five, six hours of sleep. Since the day I met you. <laughs> Since the first day I met you, yeah. How, how important is sleep? Why is sleep so important? 1,000%, man. Your, your recovery comes from sleep. That's number one. So it's a workout. 
Your sleep? Sleep is basically working out. It's it's helping you so much. It's helping you recover so much. Helping your muscles recover. It's helping your hormones balance out. It's helping you have better cognitive skills in, in the next day. Because if you don't sleep, man, you're gonna be in a crappy mood the entire day the next day. And you're gonna be on a short fuse, and your body's also feeling it. The less sleep you get, the more physiological stress that you have on your body. And a lot of times when people don't sleep, that causes inflammation in the body. Now you combine that with a poor diet, lack of movement, and then a crappy mindset, you're you're going to put yourself in a really bad position in your business and in your life. So speaking of bad position in life, uh, let's look at at this article. So in Ohio, you sent this uh, message to me that this uh, Ohio derailment, a bunch of toxic chemicals went in the air. And yet the local government and the federal government are saying everything's, everything's fine, everything's okay. But yet, what are they finding? Dead animals and reports of sickness as ecological disaster unfolds. So you can say what you want in the media. You can say everything's fine, everything's cool, but people are reporting sickness and animals are dying. What, what compelled you to, to send this message to me uh, or, uh, 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 later on in the week last week? Yeah. What, uh, what was your thoughts on this? Curiosity, man. Again, I'm not heavily involved in politics. I know you have a sense of it because of the people that you're consistently around and because of the business that you're in. Politics happens to be a topic that you guys touch on so you guys can know what moves to make, the next couple moves to make in your business and every other aspect of your life. But to me, it's why is, you know, why is the government not putting their home first? Like, I would assume you as a man or anyone, as a, anyone in, in their household, if there's an issue going on in your home, and there's another issue going on in the next town over, you would first address the issue that's going on in your household and then whatever resources or XYZ help that you're trying to volunteer time to, to give to the next town over or the, the neighbor over, yep. then that, that's, that's following up. But why not start at home? Yep. You're not taking care of your own people. These are Americans that, that, that are being affected. And sure, there's only what a, a small number of people compared to the number of people they're helping overseas, mm-hmm. but it's that small town that they're helping, they're still American citizens. Those are still people who pay their taxes and, yeah. and people who are waking up every day, going to the jobs, laboring themselves, and trying to make a living in this country that we call, that we consider one of the best countries in the sure. entire world. Jordan, let's take a look at this article right here. It says that there's people's children, a three-year-old child, were diagnosed with upper respiratory infections after going to hospital. Breathing difficulties, vinyl chloride, which is used to make plastic pipes, wires, and packaging, is associated with an increased risk of rare form of uh, cancers, uh, these uh, health conditions. Uh, this is not good. Uh, this is not good at all. And uh, when, you, when you're in this position, and the reason why I'm bringing this up because if you think that the government is going to be a source for you to lean on and depend on for mm. your financial freedom and, and for, your, for your financial comfort, good luck, man. Stop waiting around. Uh, that's why your financial independence is so important. Look at uh, This is what Patrick and David, my mentor, uh, tweeted out. Funny but not funny. Uh, Ohio also declares itself part of Ukraine in hopes of receiving aid from Biden administration. So instead of visiting Columbus... Where does he go visit? He visits Ukraine. And he says, listen, we need to put some more money in people's pockets there. We need to support the public pension system out there so people get some money in their pocket. Is exactly what he said in the media. So he cares about people out there having money in their pocket. And then we have our own, we have, in America, we have public pensions, underfunded pensions of 1.4 trillion. And yet you care about the pension of Ukraine? So this is where a lot of our, vet, our veteran community are upset about this because we fought for America, man. We fought for this country to be great, for this country to be strong. I want to take care of my house first, our backyard first. 
before worrying about anybody else. And so when, when, when we're looking at this, I understand that America feels the need to be responsible for other countries, as they should be. You know, we are, we are our brother's keeper, not just human beings, but also country to country. I want to look after, but if we can't t even take care of ourselves, then what priority do we have then if the administration, or again, by the way, I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat, I'd call the same thing out if a Republican president was to do the same thing. Because principles are principles. Values are values. And so when, when, you, when you're looking at the, this, this type of crisis, and you know what I'm seeing more of now in the news? I'm seeing more derailments. And I'm wondering if the derailment is a form of economic warfare that a country's going through that's not being publicly announced. Because I believe that the warfare of what I was trained to do, which is tanks against tanks, fighter jets against fighter jets, naval ships against naval ships, I think those days are somewhat over because America just kicks everybody's butt. We're just so far ahead technology, in technology and, and just tactics-wise and just you know, the American fighting spirit. But I believe the new warfare of tomorrow is going to be ecological, is going to be cyber, it's going to be um, financial. These are the warfares that we, you and I have to be aware of because this is going to help you drive the decisions you make going forward with your finances, your career, your financial future. So therefore, you could be a more well-rounded and aware citizen to take advantage of the things that are before you and the things to avoid. So um, speaking of which, let's, let's talk about some weird trends that's happening right now, okay? Uh, let, let's, let's take a look at the... Let's take a look at this article. This is uh, researchers uh, want to, now woke researchers want to ban the word female. Okay? And we're going to go on a couple other lists here before we go on to some videos. But even the Marine Corps wants to, wants to potentially ban the usage of the words ma'am and sir. The Marine Corps, what? Woke ideology is infiltrated devil dogs? Tufelhuden? By the way, devil dogs is a name that the Germans gave Marines in the in the Battle of Bella Woods during World War II, even the world called them, even the world, its enemies respected Marines. Now the world is laughing at Marines. People are laughing at America. These are harmful terms we have to deem now harmful that other people want us to deem as harmful because it's offensive to them. Alien? Can't call people alien. Blind? Can't call people blind. You replace it with awareness. <laughs> uh, 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 can't use the word feminized or masculine, right? You have to replace it with, describe the specific traits. Can't call people gypsy, like for example, Tyson Fury. Yeah. Right, he, his, uh, his brother uh, is, is about to go uh, in a ring with uh, one of the, uh, uh, was it Jake Paul or Logan Paul? Or J is it Jake Paul or Logan Paul, one of them, yeah. right? One of the Pauls. But you can't use the word gypsy, where it's replaced with spongy moth. Spongy. Right? Can't use man or woman to say, right? Human. Can't, right? This is her <laughs> Can't use the word Indian. You got to use indigenous. Check out male and female. Male and female. Sperm, Sperm producing, producing. Egg producing. Or XYXX individual. Mother and father. Egg donor. Sperm donor. Man. By the way, th those are terms when we were growing up that were disrespectful terms. 1,000%. Don't, don't call him your dad. He's just a sperm donor. I know people nowadays still utilize that terminology. <laughs> That's the sperm donor of my child. All right. All right, ma'am. Hey, listen, what are your thoughts? You're, you're seeing all this. They're trying to change the way, people are trying to change the way you use your words. I thought we had freedom of speech here, man. Why are people so doggone offended today? Why are people so sensitive today? You know, learn, number one, learn how to take a joke. Or if it's offensive to you, take a 
a step back and ask yourself, why am I offended by this? Speaking of which, let's, let's, uh, 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 Jordan, let's go to some of these videos that people seem to be offended by. First one here. Okay, let's, let's take a look at this. Everybody join us in this. What's your thoughts on this? Just me. Maybe I'm more annoyed about this than I should be, but it feels like extra disrespectful to misgender somebody when they have a pronoun pin on. Like, you know, I know I'm femme presenting. I know I look like a girl, but it's right here. It, like, I have a they, them, their pronoun pin right here, and people still call me a girl. People are still using she, her, and it's like, guys, come on. I'm, I'm not asking for much here. I'm literally just asking for people to use my pronouns, that's all. Come on, do better, be respectful. It's not hard to be respectful of people's pronouns. Can we try harder, please? You know, all I'm trying to say here is just, it be respectful of people. It feels really shitty to have something so clearly dictate what my pronouns are and people still misgender me. Okay, stop, let's just stop. I can't, I can't take any of this anymore. Stop right there. <laughs> stop right. Uh, uh, Jordan, let's take a look at what Elon Musk uh, tweeted to, in response to this. Here's what Elon Musk just tweeted out. He said, oh, I'm sorry, you go to my screen? Yeah. He said, my English grandmother, English grandmother taught me that it is disrespectful to use pronouns. And they want you to always use a person's name. Hey, that makes sense. Easier way to avoid conflict. Hey, Jennifer. Hey, John. I don't give a shit what your XXXY pronoun. And by the way, you think I'm sitting there reading your button? All the, all the things you got going on, you think I'm going to read your button? By the way, it's in a very distasteful place because right next to a woman's breast, a woman whose breast, right? I'm not gonna look there for generally speaking. So, you know, this is a, this is a weird ask. This almost feels like, like we're entitled or they, they feel entitled that we should, everybody should understand who they are to the world instead of earning it. Your thoughts. I think calling someone by name is what, what <laughs> The easiest way to avoid conflict from, avoid, from, either, from, from either end. Because right now it's starting to seem like there's a lot of back and forth from both sides of, I believe in this, I don't believe in this. And I think there's a, a sense of rebellion from either end. I'm like, I'm this, and even though I don't seem this way to you, I'm consider this and respect me. And then the other side is like, well, no, that does not make sense. Common sense says that you're this. So now I'm going to protrude that and I'm going to rebel against that and make a point. So I think there's two sides trying to make a point at the same time that just clashing, clashing, clashing versus this side understanding like, yeah, there's going to be people in this world who aren't going to call me a hurry. Right now I sit here and tell you, Matthew, I, I, I consider, myself a, consider myself a woman. Knowing the kind of circle that I'm around, I'm around I know they're not going to sit there and take that lightly. So yeah. I need to also have grace and understand that there's a mass majority of the people that live in this world that aren't going to respect those pronouns that I want. And then from on this spectrum is more of, we understand the biological standpoint, we understand the truth that we've grown up with, that we've been taught in biblical standpoints or, or any religious dogma standpoints. Uh, we, know, we, know, we know that truth, but we also understand that there's people out there in this world that are either somewhat confused in certain aspects or they're going through something in their lives that they're trying to figure out who they are as people when it, they come down to yeah. an identity issue. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to be confused, let them be confused. I totally get it. And by the way, I say this in the most non-judgmental way, in the most objective way. If you're confused, be confused. But don't add on to your confusion with anger because people aren't calling you the pronoun that you want people to call you a pronoun. Don't force it, for sure. Right? As if it's not hard enough to deal with male and female to begin with. Yeah. You want to add in another 50 gender, um, uh, or what do you call it, pronouns? Uh, let's look at this next video here. A day in the life of a childless woman. Um, uh, what's, what's, his, what's his actress name? Um, 
what's her name? Chelsea, uh, Chelsea, all right, all right. by the way, this is uh, Jill Coy's ex-girlfriend. They, they split this up. This is a uh, day in the life. Yeah, they, they split up uh, uh, last year. So let's take a look at this. They in the life of a childless woman. Let's take a look at this. This is a day in the life of a childless woman. I wake up at 6 a.m. I remember that I have no kids to take to school, so I take an edible, masturbate, and go back to sleep. I wake up at 12.30 p.m. and get ready for a busy day of doing whatever the f*** I feel like. I put on my most impractical and stylish shoes since I won't be chasing a child around the grocery store. I go to my fave spot in Paris to grab a croissant. I do a meditation sesh on the plane since I have no screaming kids, allowing me all the time in the world to become enlightened. The weightlessness of my existence has granted me superhuman powers. I teleport myself back home. Then I get ready for a night out with whatever hot guy I met on Raya that morning. I call up a babysitter and tell her that I don't need her since I still don't have kids. Now it's time for a workout, so I hit Mount Everest for a quick climb. I invent a time machine, go back in time, and kill Hitler. Freeze, you bastard! It's amazing what you can do when you have this much free time. And that's a day in the life of a childless woman. Joe Coy. Joe, that's Joe Coy's ex-girlfriend. What did that man do to her? <laughs> you know that man messed her up. They, they 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 broke up. So here's the thing I know about Joe Coy: Filipino, comedian, single dad, takes fatherhood seriously, raised his son. Uh, I think there was a conflict there of values and principles. Yeah. I think there's a conflict there of hey, babe. I think I want us to have kids. And based on that video, I don't think she wanted kids. Now she's magnifying that standpoint that she has. And she's just pointing back to him, like, I can do what the hell I want, because I'm a woman. I'm an independent woman. That's, by the way, a lot of women will be attracted to that. Yeah, of course. That she's, that's what she's promoting. The, the, have, the gloriousness of being a woman without kids. Four women that I've, that I've worked with in the last 12 years that I've been doing this. One's right now in her 60s, one's in her 50s, and then two are in her 40s. So 10 years from now, they were just 10 years younger from that. And... From around the age of 35-ish, a lot of women consider that like their end time. They're done. Mm -hmm. they, can't, they can't have any more kids. My mom, through a blessing, she had me when she was 45 years old. So that, that gives some of you women hope. But I, every single one of them had the same exact response when I said, hey, do you wish at some level, at some point in your life, you would have had a family, someone by your side and a child? And every single one of them said yes. My thing is, I got hurt at a, at a very young age. I was chasing my career, pursuing my purpose. I was in, this was the environment I was surrounded by at a very young age, and I told myself I would never be a victim of this environment. So I chased my career, chased the money, and completely ignored anything that's ever reminded me of my father who hurt me or an ex-boyfriend, ex-husband that hurt me, and I chased that, and now I'm at a point in my life where I wish I had the companionship, but I don't. So although this video is very enticing for a lot of women who are yeah. potentially in the same headspace, yeah. I, I definitely urge you to really look deep within on why, you're, why we're actually here as people. Yeah, I think about the women who love to have kids, and they can't. Wow. And, and they look at this video like, like you know, think about this. A, a man's job, a man was created to provide, to protect, to prosper, to propel, right? The, uh, right. My belief. A lot of people don't believe that. Um, a woman's job. Do you believe a woman's job by God is to continue humanity through the womb of a woman? That humanity continues through a woman. Like, unless a woman, let's say a woman doesn't have kids, what happens to humanity? It's over. Yep. We're done. We're leaning towards extinction. We're, we're, we're extinct. We're no longer no. around. And God entrusted the womb of a woman to continue humanity, to continue legacy, to continue 
his, you know, his work. And when you're looking at this type of stuff, and, and Chelsea Handler, and God bless her, whatever it is that she wants to do, more power to her. Um, but you got to take a look at things like this and look at that type of reaction to not have any kids. You know what? You know what a real superwoman to me is? Is a mom. I'm looking at Sheena right now. That's a superwoman. Not, and you who's got superpowers? A mom. A, a mom is overworked, underappreciated, overwhelmed. Underpaid, it's the toughest job in the world to be a mom. You're running a business, you have a career. Shoot, just being a stay-at-home mom. Some people, some ladies come to our office, yeah, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I look, pick your head up, what do you mean? I'm just a stay-at-home mom. You, you know how honorable to be a stay-at-home mom is? In other words, your husband did something right Yep. for you to be a stay-at-home mom. Don't think yourself any less because you're a stay-at-home You're doing one of the most honorable things in terms of raising a family, building a home, and one of the greatest things a man can come home to is a woman that, that loves him and, and, and honors him. And that area of their life, that aspect is, is taken care of. It's a great position to be in. I call that being a domestic engineer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call yourself just a stay-at-home mom. You realize that you're doing for these children no other person in the world can do. Zero. You're doing it. You're the mom. And so I say this. I was, I was a single dad. You know, and, and I remember, <laughs> I remember at nine years old, I walked in my son's room, he's, he's uh, belly aching. And I said, Ruben, what's, what's, what's the matter? I says, and this, you know, uh, he hadn't seen his mom for a minute. So how come my mom doesn't want to see me? No matter what I did in his life, nothing can ever replace the presence in a child's life than a mom. That's a superpower. I'm looking at my mom right now, she's seven years old. My mom, you see my mom, she's at the office. What yeah. does my mom have to do? At the office, she just loves being around the environment. And I look at that woman, she's raised my, my sister and I, she's got grandkids. These human beings are around because she chose to engage the superpower mm. of being a mom, and now even greater superpower, being a grandma. So listen, man, I, I don't agree with what she's promoting, but at the same time, there's no, no, no judgment on her. You know, she's doing her thing. But to the ladies out there, just wanna let you know how important you are. And uh, yesterday was our anniversary, and people wonder, well, Matt, why are you at the office? says, you know what? If you live your life the right way, every day is your anniversary. You live your life right, every day is your birthday. Every day is Mother's Day. Every day is Father's Day. Every day is Thanksgiving. Every day is Christmas. Shit. Every day is daggone Black Friday if you handle your finances right. And so uh, with that, brother, um, you want, by the way, you want, to do one, you want to do one more? Let's, let's, let's do one more reaction uh, Final video. One. Um, let's, let's do... Uh, 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 Let's, let's do the, 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 uh, the nation is only as strong as this people one. Can you get that one, the, the last one, uh, Jordan? Yeah. Here, check this out. People of America, about a subject which I believe to be most important, and that is the subject of physical fitness. And I speak not only as president of the United States, but also as a parent of two children, who I hope will, will grow up with those qualities of vigor and energy which uh, we identify with the best of America. This should be a matter of concern to us all. A country uh, is as strong, really, as its citizens. And I think that mental and physical health, mental and physical vigor, go hand in hand. I hope that uh, we will not find a day in the United States when all of us are spectators, except for a few who are out on the field. I hope all Americans will be on the field. That is, they will concern themselves with the education of their children, 
with the physical development of their children, with the participation in the vigorous life, and then also as their children get older, inculcate into them a desire to maintain that vigor through their normal life. Our citizens are living longer, and we want them to participate fully in that longer life. But they can only do so if they give some of their time and some of their effort to maintaining that vitality. This is a subject uh, which should be of interest to us all. And I hope when we have seen the astonishing results which we have seen from our work in a few schools across the country, where we've been able in the short space of two and three months to change the physical habits and strength of our children, that this will spread to every school district in the United States. Okay, stop right there. All of us will participate in the life. Who said that? Whose voice is that? That would be President John F. Kennedy. Think about how much he loved America. He said, don't ask what you can do for your country. Don't ask what the country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And look at these kids. They weren't getting worried about getting into gym, gym clothes. They're doing it in their school clothes, working out physically fit. That was the 60s. Yeah. Those are the 50s and the 60s right here. Today, how often do kids go to gym class? Today, how much? And, and when do you learn more about each other, sitting down in your ass at school or out there in gym class competing, getting out there and sweating, getting out there and grinding? You know, and, and think about this message. That, and by the way, JFK was a Democrat. That's not a democratic message today. It's not. And so that's what happens when, when, when you're looking at, and when I'm looking at, you know, listen, uh, I'm right, by the way, if you guys were wondering, I'm right in the middle. You know, I'm, I'm uh, what they call fiscally conservative, but at the same time socially aware. Yeah. I want, I want what's best for people, but not at the cost of my individuality, not at the cost of my own individual freedoms. And so, he, he's, look, look at these guys, they're, they're running like a platoon formation for gym class. Discipline. 1,000%. In high school, so... What's your thoughts about the, the lack of fitness? I mean, look at everybody in gym class right now, the, the lack of fitness. Days in, in school, days are reducing. The time that they're in gym class is reducing. One thing that, that, I, that, I, that I see it with a lot of these kids nowadays, if they're not in gym clothes, they're forced to sit out or go to detention. So they're not, they can't even work out. They can't even be in gym class, yeah. participating in the sports. Yeah. And one of the things that I saw, I noticed in those videos that we were, we were just watching, one thing that they, they weren't on were their phones. They weren't on social media. They weren't scrolling. They weren't on their asses. They were all participating in every single sport that they were they were they were presented. They're and in a real social network. Real social network, not a in platform. person, not online, not a fake. Not a, you weren't an avatar. You weren't in a metaverse. You weren't on Instagram. You weren't interacting through your DMs or through the comment section. You were in class. You were outside playing sports as you should as a kid or even as a, an adult. And that's why I'm saying when when you are anchored on values in principles, and as much as the world will come your way to try and toss and turn you, if you're anchored, yes, you might sway. Yes, you might be tossed and turned, but you'll be grounded. You'll be anchored. But if you're not anchored, you're not standing for values and principles that stood the test of time. I'm just talking about the last year, two years, five years, 10 years, the last 100 years. You want to follow an ideology, you want to follow values and principles that stood the test of time, not just a trend. And if you don't, and the, your values and principles that you think you stand are, aren't grounded, they aren't anchored, guess what happens? You start sliding and sliding and sliding. The goalposts keep moving and moving and moving. And next thing you know, you're living a life that people 30, 40 years ago, they won't recognize you. Like, we don't recognize GFK right now as a Democratic president. We don't recognize the Democratic Party right now 
is a part of representing America and leading the, our country and a leader of our world. So when you're looking at these things, it's important because powers that be will put certain rules, policies, regulations, and laws in your way. If you don't have enough financial wherewithal to withstand and, and push back, you'll be bullied. You'll be financially bullied. Your family will be bullied, and you'll just be settling. You'll be saying, yeah, but that's just the way it is. Just the way that you just got to roll, roll with the punches. No. Plant a flag in the ground. Decide to make a difference. Take a stand for things. Because a man that stands for nothing falls for everything. So with that being said, I appreciate you guys tuning into this podcast. Uh, Milton, as we wrap up, man, any, any final thoughts before we go? Keep following us. And we, get, we promise you that we're going to do our very best to provide the value that you need so you can live your day day by day, making sure that you're on top of your game in every single aspect of your life, for sure. And by the way, quick shout-outs to those in our live chats. April Greer, what's up? TT uh, uh, Miriam Rivera, what's up? What's in our chats? Emiliano Rivera, what's up? Appreciate you guys following um, our podcast here. And uh, I don't know, should we give a giveaway? Should we give a giveaway? We have, uh, 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 once we get, what, 100 people watching us live, we should have a giveaway. Let us know what we should give away to you. Uh, it should be a signed book. It should be a $100 gift card. What should we give away to you once we get to 100 people watching us live on the Millionaire Goals podcast? With that being said, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching the show. Put your thoughts, your comments, your questions, your feedback. You agree with us, you don't agree with us. You agree with some of the things we talked about, you don't agree with some of the things about, we want to hear from you. So therefore, the next podcast, we can give you content and uh, feedback and reactions to things that you want to know more about to have a more fulfilling life, to think like a millionaire, to strategize like a millionaire. So therefore, you can be one day, become a first-generation cash flow millionaire. From Dallas, Texas, I'm your mind smart guy on behalf of my co-host here, millionaire, M Milton Alvarez. Till meet again, continue to smart. Continue to love smart. I'm your mind smart today. God bless you guys. See you next week.